Advice for, for, for these youngsters is look after your parents because in a moment they won't be around. Welcome to another episode of Recipe to Success. I know you guys have been missing me, I've been away a little bit, apologies, I've been very busy with the business, but I'm back with a bang and back with the origins of the podcast began, which is maybe the people that you don't necessarily know, but real credible entrepreneurs. So without further ado, Marwan, how's it going? Thank you for you? coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Well, honestly, when I thought about the idea of, of actually doing this, I, I didn't actually think you would say yes, because I know how much of a private person you are. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I did a, a previous episode with his partner. Um, and, you know, she's amazing in her own right. She's obviously, you know, done so well in her industry. Yeah. Um, and I never really expected you to come on the show. Um, but I'm really excited because thank you. I know how much value you can bring in genuine, credible business advice. So um, why don't we start? with the beginning of, of your journey. In fact, let's start with the introduction of who you are, because obviously there's going to be a lot of people that see this successful man, no idea yeah. who he is, what he does, <laughs> what his uh, accolades are. Or should, should we keep it that way? Let's, no, <laughs> I, th I think we should, we should establish the accolades first, yeah. and then we can go into to the origins. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I, I'm very lucky to be able to be on a platform like yourselves, to be recognized by people like yourself. Um, but I'm also very lucky to be able to have the opportunities that have been granted to me. And thankfully, I've seized all opportunities with firmly with both hands. And I run a number of small businesses. My main day-to-day -day is property and construction. Um, as you know from my wife, we have uh, a chain of dental practices that we're looking to grow and franchise. Um, and I've invested in FMB. I have a technology startup, but the real day-to-day -day for me is, is real estate. Um, that's what I know. That's what I do. Um, I've done it well enough over these last ten years. But um, it's a side shift from where I started. I originally was a banker, and I worked in Dubai. I worked in London. Graduated in mathematics in City University in 2006. And um, something in my head, um, my parents would have told you, um, Marwan doesn't like listening to people. So I wasn't a very good listener as an employee. And I've always been out of, you know, overstepping the line, getting in trouble for doing things differently. But my way of doing things has often brought real fruit and success to the businesses and places that I've worked for. So, you know, I get to, got to a time where I was just like, well, you know, I, I can't see myself doing this forever. I know that I like my independence and I want to try and, and, and dabble in, in property myself and, and, and build something for myself that can help grow and, and hopefully be a legacy to, to my family and my children. I think you underplayed it a lot. I mean, we, we spoke of camera. So how many projects in total do you have at the moment? Right now, we're currently working on 11, if not 12, live sites across London. Um, they range from, I think the smallest is three flats, the largest is 45 flats. Um, 
and we're you know actively looking to grow our brand um butte has been an incredible journey um for me to learn and develop and grow um i can't really i i couldn't really be where i am today without the team um who have helped us build it and especially my core guys you know and it's one of these things that those who employ people will understand that managing employees is incredibly difficult but i've got a core group of of people that have been with me since day one, and to be honest with you without them i would be nothing they're the guys on the ground they're the guys blood sweat and tears growing because they love this business they love the familiar behavior that we have and you know they've helped us grow and in these last eight or nine years I haven't been able to find somebody who can compare to these these guys and, and, and they deserve the reward. You know, I'm I'm just sitting at the head of the table bringing in new business. They're the ones that execute. And I think it's really important in business for people to understand that whilst founders and, and, and chief execs of businesses are, they take all the fame and the credit, I would be absolutely nothing without the team of guys that I have. So, you know, if any of them do see this, this is for them. They, they have helped create this business. Ultimately, it's like um, you're leading the ship, but without the extra support. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't rule those, you know, uh, alone. And yes, whilst we are steering, um, I've got this bad habit of opening up other ventures. And by opening other ventures... Serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I hate these cliches. So many businesses though, <laughs> yeah. right? No, I'm operating. It, it, it's been great because, again, it's, it's about blessings and it's about opportunities. It's, you know, if you see an idea, if you've got the, you know, you've got enough fuel in the tank, go and do it. If you've got an idea, you, you know, there is a saying where if you fail, you failed 100% of the things that you haven't tried, right? So try it. What do you lose? You were going to fail if you didn't try. And um, I, I just think, you know what, there, there's room for lots of opportunities in this world, whether it's technology startups, whether it's restaurant ideas, whether it's building properties, whether it's growing your own portfolio, whether it's opening up dental practices, whether it's, you know, cleaning the streets. There are opportunities and there are jobs for everybody in this world. What's important is taking those opportunities and, and, and delivering to the fullest. Because, you know, when it's all said and done, I say, yeah, at least I tried. At least I tried to do something. I failed. I was successful. That's all a journey. You know, it's the journey that you've got to make enjoyable. And, and, and for this life that ends up as you get a bit older, that you look back and it's a bit like a movie. It goes so quick. It is so quick. You know, I'm... I haven't hit 40 yet, but I'm on my way there. And I think to myself, it was just the other day I was in uni. You know, where did that time go? Where did that journey go? But I've had an amazing time. Interesting, interesting. And going, I want to go back a little bit, because um, you mentioned something very crucial, which I think would be very beneficial for the audience, which you said, without those core people that started with you, mm. it would be very difficult. It would, it would have been very difficult for you to scale the mm. way you did. Now, what are some of those qualities that you look for? Because I think there's a lot of young people that, you know, maybe they could work alongside a mentor or maybe they could get the opportunities, but they don't know what, 
qualities really allow you to get attention from those mm. successful individuals that you know will actually help you excel in your goals as well i think um when i look at my journey i look at my parents journey i look at where we've been we came as immigrants my parents they didn't my dad came as a student my mom came raised the family and we didn't have any of the luxuries that we have today they grafted we learned from them um, both myself and my siblings but along their journey they had help from people who are fundamentally loyal and loyalty in business in friendships in relationships i think is is is, is the core to have people who are loyal to you people that you can trust because in construction for example it's the filthiest industry in the world you know we're playing with big money big money but the loyalty for workers well, somebody offers you 10 pound a day more you're gone but to trust that people are doing their job to trust that they care about your business to trust that they can help deliver i think i've reciprocated with a lot of my people and i think that's really important that when you give and you give genuinely my father always used to say is like don't give for something that you have give so that it affects you when you give something to somebody that it's you know you've sacrificed something from yourself to give to others that the concept of giving now whether that's giving your time whether that's giving you finance whether that's giving uh, asset whether that's giving a place a job it could that giving that you give to others there are few people unfortunately in society today who actually value a lot of people want to take things for granted this is my right no there's no right here you know your right is for you to be able to do what you can individually um and i've just been lucky you know i've 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 had to hire and 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 fire hundreds and hundreds of people over the years but there is a core group of 5 6 7 8 individuals that have been loyal have been trustworthy have helped me grow have supported me and i believe i've reciprocated with those guys as well i think in those situations often um it's it's easy to underplay your role in that but the reality is is that people will not trust blindly or be loyal to someone who they don't think that is actually going to mm. have their best interests at heart but also steer the business in the right direction yeah. so you mentioned you know coming here as an immigrant well your ultimately your parents um and you know it's something i think about a lot that our parents had to sacrifice mm. their whole life you know move to a whole different country build something not mm. knowing if they had even a chance just yeah. so that we could have an opportunity mm. um and maybe not have the problems that they had um and i think in today's day and age people don't realize how you know lucky they are but I you so. kind of i would say maybe saw more of it so what was your upbringing like and and how do you think that impacted you to end mm. up in the career path that you chose we take for granted how much of a role just the basic concept of where you were born has an impact on your life where are you from iraq if i was born in iraq i would be a completely different person i would have been a person that grew up in a war torn country learn how to steal not had a great education i could be dead right i was born in the uk 
Now say what you want, but the UK has given you security, it's given you a home, it's given you an education, it's given you a healthcare system. It's given you basic necessities for you to be able to establish something yourself. But there's nothing there for free. You've got to go and you've got to graft. My dad was a PhD student when we came here, when, when, when I was born. And my mum was going cleaning people's houses. There was no shame in that because she had to raise a family. Alhamdulillah, things progressed. People grew. My father got a job as a lecturer, moved from one university to another. And he took us around. We were like this Iraqi gypsy family traveling the UK, which was great. You know, I, I was born in Scotland, moved to Manchester, wow. lived in Guildford. And then we ended up in, in, in London. And unfortunately, he had to go where the money was at. He was an academic, my dad, and he loved teaching. But as the family got bigger, you know, the bills got more, the teaching salary didn't work, so he had to go into the corporate world. And um, he probably didn't enjoy that as much because it wasn't, you know, working for a corporate institution is not the same as giving when you're a lecturer. And again, people underestimate the value of their lecturers at university. I definitely did. I know 100% I underestimated the value of my lecturers and what they were giving me at university. I took it for granted. And, and, and those who do watch this who went to uni with me will know that you know, I, wasn't the, I wasn't the great student. I wasn't the ideal role model of a student. But I look back on it and I think, you know what, these guys gave knowledge, gave me learning. Whether you implement it in day-to-day -day life is neither here nor there. I was doing a mathematics degree. You can jump on Excel and it can do it all for you now. But the learning and education, the discipline of coursework, the discipline of completing a degree is very, very important. And that, for a lecturer, is them giving. We don't, we don't really follow that. You know, and my father, he had to, he had to shift and he wasn't incredibly happy. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were, grew up here in, in London in our teens. And uh, alhamdulillah, we established ourselves. We got degrees and, 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 and we grew up and got married. And it's been one crazy roller coaster of, of life, really. And, and what made you then get into business? Because obviously your dad was on an academic path. Um, you, you didn't necessarily, I mean, did you have any role models in, in business? Like what, what was that fundamental difference that's made you say, you know what, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm not going to follow the, the traditional path, especially mm. in the Arab Asian yeah. culture of, you know, certain careers. What made you take that risk? I, um, unfortunately, um, my mother didn't have the best of health and, um, in her, in her later years of life, um, she was quite ill and I saw an opportunity for me to leave my day job and focus on my property investments. It allowed me the freedom and flexibility to spend more time with her and to look after her hospitals, appointments, this and that. You know, I, I, I was relatively successful in my banking career, but my employers were very much interested in me hitting targets for them. And whilst I was really good at hitting targets for them, they weren't really interested with the fact that I had to go and take my mum to hospital. And I had a lot of, I had a lot of resentment in, in industry for that. And I think it's important for people who are in business as employers to care about their employees and their family life and their personal life and their circumstances, what they go through. Um, 
because if you can focus, you know, if, you, if those dramas of what's happening at home can be sort of looked after, you can focus on your work better. If you know that your boss is not going to fire you because you need to take days off to take your family to doctors, then you're okay. And I, I didn't get the support from my workplace. So there was an opportunity to leave. I took it. Um, and I, I, I teamed up with my partner, Hussein, and we set up Butte as a construction and property investment business. Um, and it gave me, you know, that, 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 that journey of, of, of becoming self-employed was a bit freaky because really my wife was the breadwinner. She was the champion, you know, and if it wasn't for her and her graft in her job, then probably none of this would have happened. But it gave me the time to not worry about finance, a bit like actually my mum did for my dad. She was going out working while he was doing his education. She helped create him to be what he was. And, you know, those unsung heroes are what people forget about sometimes. You know, I would easily say that the, the, the start of Butte heavily rested on, on, on reliance on my wife to make sure that she brought in enough money to, to, to pay the mortgage. Wow. So it wasn't, you know, there wasn't any, you know, born with a silver spoon kind of story. We don't have any of that kind of thing. But we had to graft. We had to grow. We set up Butte. We grew it, you know. And the journey of begging to win a, a loft conversion project to then begging to win a, you know, the dream was to have an extension job and then a new build house and then a block of flats and then a bigger block. And it's just, it's just gone on and on and on. And, you know, we've been blessed in this journey. But what this journey has given me is the opportunity to do more with my time. Not because, you know, I'm super successful in this business, but by being self-employed, whilst it's incredibly stressful, you need to bring in X amount of money to cover your overheads. You've got responsibility of employees. You've got to make sure people get paid. You've got suppliers to pay, etc. But it allows me to do the school run. It allows me to spend a bit more time with my boys. It allows me to spend more time with my parents. And, and that flexibility is, is priceless, actually. And what, why property? Like, you know, I think um, a lot of the newer generation, I think property is a unique topic because it was a completely different challenge previous for the previous generation than it is now. I mean, you know, buying a property even 20 years ago in comparison to buying a property now is completely different. So what, what interested you about it? Well, two things. First thing, I'm not great at doing selfies and Instagram doesn't work with me, <laughs> right? The second reason is I know the property market. I love the property market. Um, obviously, my banking background allowed me to be exposed to a lot of investors, high net worth individuals. And as you learn through the different types of people you meet, you'll say, well, the real investors and the real players, they're not on social media doing selfies they are buying bricks and I looked at that and I thought well I need to be growing my portfolio I need to be growing it every year I need to be securing more assets growing more assets and build that you know where does that journey end you know how much property do you need to live a comfortable lifestyle okay we've passed that bridge then what do you need well I want to hit you know 10 houses 20 houses 100 houses where does the end? There is no end, but it's a great, you know, if you look at fundamentals of economy is markets go up and down, food goes up and down, 
petrol prices all over the place. But whilst there are dips in, in, in property, London property is relatively stable. You More, can't really lose too much money. No, no. You, I mean, again, if you're playing markets and you want to flip and you want to trade property, yes. But if you're looking at building a portfolio that you can then go and rent, well, people are always going to need to live somewhere. So the fundamental part, the step one of every person in their life is, where am I going to live? So I'm, I'm the first on people's requirements. And that's the way I looked at it, is could you get into car trading? Could you go and open a cafe? Could you open a restaurant? Could you do this, that, the other? Yeah, but first and foremost, people need to live somewhere. And that's, you know, alhamdulillah where it took us. So you did something quite genius. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly when I met you for the first time. I think it was a few years ago now. Mm. But I remember meeting you for the first time and, and having that conversation of how you do your business and how, you know, one business links to another. And you've created this whole property ecosystem that, you know, you are behind it all. It's like it's like mm. the whole empire, you know, that, <laughs> that people want to build. So how did that thought process come along? Was that always the plan? And, and no, you now do so many different parts of property, whether that's the construction, yeah. whether that's the, you know, owning or renting, whether that is, you know, scrap, which yeah. we'll go into in more detail. Yeah. Um, so like, talk to me a little bit about that. So I think the first play was when I got married, my wife was working for somebody as a dentist and I was like, well, why don't we, you know, do our own thing? And it just so happened that my dad knew a guy um, and he was interested in selling his practice and we thought okay well we didn't think about opening this but let's entertain this conversation so i took the guy's number off my father and started talking and we ended up closing a deal to buy his dental practice but more from my end it was more about let's buy the flats above and if the dental practice works doesn't it's something to keep my wife busy that was the mentality initially it was like okay well just keeps her busy she's happy doing her thing two birds one stone exactly and the properties will be the safety net. But actually, she's doing amazing. And, you know, the, the, the dental practice took off a lot better than what we thought it would be. And, you know, she's doing really well on that side of things that allowed us to, you know, enjoy the property side, not worry about that being so much of a safety net, but more of, a, uh, of an income generating asset. And one property, you know, it's always, I say to people, it's, you know, getting the first property is the hardest one. And once you've got the first one, it's like people say, you know, making your first million is the hardest and it's easy. It's not that easy. But Do you agree with that, by the way? Definitely, you know, it's, it comes from economics and, you know, marginal benefit and marginal gains and stuff. So to get the first one, it's, it's hard. Second one is not as hard because you've got a lot of experience behind you. You've learned from your mistakes. But also the risks are high and then it comes back down to team again and I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute but you know we grew the property portfolio to a certain extent and when we were growing the portfolio it was a lot of buy to lets HMOs that kind of thing and I thought well this is too slow this is too slow for me whilst I'm making great income I need to start buying properties with a development value so I can add on um, it was interesting that our first development project was uh, it's covered by Homes Under the Hammer. It was a quite, quite a nice show. But we bought a house, converted it into a, a, a really big HMO, added a loft, added an extension, and made some really good money on that. And that sort of identified me as like, well, I've just made more money than I would working for somebody for a year in six months' time 
it's for me, I have an asset, I have great rental income, and more importantly, I can refinance that money out and go and do another one, and another one. And, and, and that's just what sort of took things forward, is just we started buying more and more properties. But the, the dopamine levels got a bit less as you do in the next one. Why? Because the last project that we just signed up in Butte was, was, it was a good contract, you know? But I wasn't that excited. And I was like, oh, is something wrong with me? Why are we not celebrating all these wins? And that's something I regret. Celebrate your wins because it's the journey that you go on that is incredibly important. It's not the end goal. I'll get hit by a bus tomorrow. Let me play devil's advocate in there yeah. in between because I've been through similar situations where, you know, I had this goal, I met that goal, and now it was the next goal, yeah. and it didn't feel as yeah. good as it once did. But the argument that I have is, playing devil's advocate anyway, is the entrepreneur mindset is, okay, I've, I've achieved this now, yeah. but now we've got to move on to the next thing. Correct. Because at the end of the day, the business is not going to stop. How long can I celebrate for? Yes. Let's get to the next win. Yeah, yeah. So is it a matter of not appreciating the wins or is it a matter of just that entrepreneur DNA of just trying not to get too caught up in it and moving to the next thing? I completely agree with you. Um, I'm not saying throw a party, but take a moment out. It's the moment of gratitude. Right? Be grateful. Appreciate what you've been given. Celebrate it internally with your family, with your colleagues. Give that thanks to the Almighty that allowed you to have that win. Because tomorrow might be a loss. And the loss is hard to get up from a loss. And you've probably been through many. I've been through countless losses. Um, But it's a mindset and you will ultimately be defined by how aggressive you can be in your journey. The only thing that's guaranteed in this journey is that you're gonna die, frankly. So how do you make that journey as enjoyable as possible? And you have to enjoy the moments. The moment you stop enjoying what you do in life, there's something wrong. And you should shift and change it. And you know, Alhamdulillah, I've been, I've been really, really lucky. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't stress enough, if anybody was to take anything from listening to this, is be grateful. That gratitude, the day, from when you wake up in the morning, I'm blessed with three wonderful children. I have a fantastic wife. I have a brother and a sister and their family. I have a blessing to be able to live in the same street as them. I have a blessing to be able to come to work with amazing, amazing people. I've got legs, I've got mouth, eyes, I'm losing the eyes. <laughs> um, but you've got all of these things to be grateful for. But what we do? We complain, the weather, it's raining, it's cold. This guy said this about me. Oh, did you see what these guys posted the other day? And we live in this stupid little bubble of focusing on these little negative points. That's not going to help your journey. Be grateful, be thankful, push on harder and just, you know, and I keep on saying, enjoy the journey. It's short life. Life is short. Make the most of it. I've lost both my parents and even in the loss of losing my parents, I look at those as blessings. The way they passed away, how they passed away, the lessons that I learned from them, the teachings that my parents had given me. 
And these are all great tools that I've been able to use in business. You asked me, and I, and, I, and I really didn't touch up on this, but when you start off in business, we have a saying in Arabic called wasta, right? But it's about relationships, connections, who you know, who can help you get that little, just a little edge forwards to be ahead of the curve. I was blessed with two highly remarkable parents. These were two individuals that were incredibly respected in our community. So automatically I had a head start in life. Why? You know, and I say in life, because whether I'm going to the mosque, whether I'm going to a community event, whether I'm going to meet my bank manager, I've already got a bit, a sense of pride about me because you know what? My parents had paved a way that who, whoever knew them knew that their seed was going to be half decent, or Dignity. potentially, right? Mm -hmm. So that maybe gave me a bit of a head start in confidence. Some people call it arrogance. I call it confidence. You should be confident and have that ability to say, well, I'm so lucky. You know, I've had great role models. They built a, um, they built a reputation for themselves, which ultimately got passed on to, to my brother and myself and my sister. I mean, that's all good and well. I mean, you're a very humble individual. I, I, think, yeah. I think it's very you know, clear. Any time I've met you, I, I can see that. Mm. Um, and I think you definitely live your life in a way where you do look like you appreciate grat gratitude. Yeah. But at the same time, going back to your parents, um, you had something that in your own perspective you can appreciate because you experienced it and you've seen you know maybe examples of where maybe people didn't have those advantages of coming from a house of dignity mm. but you still had to take that button and then carry on yeah. um, so what do you think separated you from maybe even your siblings or mm. maybe your extended family of of actually achieving greatness i mean we were speaking about it off off camera of how many people you're directly responsible for mm. putting food on the table yep. um, and that is a blessing in itself so mm. what what makes you different <sighs> aside from the element of luck honestly I, 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 I can say I've been blessed definitely this journey that I'm on is is blessings but I graft I was grafting at uni, I was grafting after uni, I was always doing a side hustle, but not, not a hustle that what didn't have a, a, a vision. I was interested, I was very entrepreneurial. You know, when I was in university, I used to import, import cars from Japan, convert them into UK spec and sell, you know, sell them on. I didn't need to worry about student loans and stuff like that. I was just trying to do something. And I've always had an eye for, for business and opportunity and I enjoy, you know, my, my uncle used to call me Del Boy, you know. I love going car boot sales. I love haggling. I love that, that sales. I've been in sales my whole life. And I, I just really enjoy it. So, you know, what, what, what's allowed me to be where I am? You know, definitely luck is there. You know, right time, right place, right idea. It's got a lot to do with, you know, many successful entrepreneurs. Many billionaires were lucky that it was the right moment. I've had a very lucky journey, um, but I, I think it's got to, you know, it, it comes down to graft and how much are you willing to sacrifice, 
from your time. I don't go to cafes and, you know, socialize and waste small talk with people. This that I ain't got no time for that. You don't sit me see me sitting swiping on Instagram and TikTok and whatever for hours on end. Don't have that. That'll be, you know, 20 minutes in my day, downtime or whatever. I'll look at that. But that's watching other people. And those people are happy with their journey. They may be. I'm focused on my journey. And my journey is to grow. To grow, to what? What is the end? There isn't an end. The end is until, you know, the, the fuel runs out in the tank. But I just want, you know... I've been given an ability to do something. You know, if you're good at running, make sure you become the best runner. If you're good at business, try and be the best business person. And then that's all I want to do, really. What would you advise your kids growing up? I mean, they're, they're getting older now. Yeah. And I'm sure you've thought about, from a parenting point of view, how you were raised versus how you raise your own children. What, what are some of the less key lessons that you want them to understand of, you know, even choosing their own career path, but, you know, just key things that maybe, maybe they'd be watching in 20, 30 years mm. and, and they want to actually hear what their dad had to say when he was younger. I keep on bringing it back down to parents. It's so important for people and children to look after their parents. Um, and you don't have to be a parent to realize, you know, my, uh, you know, there, there are some people who, don't have the best parents they don't have the best upbringing they come from difficult homes I lived the life of a person who had not the best wealth but I had the best role models and best people and I know it's so cliche and people talk about oh you know my dad's my role model and he's the best and whatever but I'm telling you that my joy in life was being able to go into a room tell my parents what I'd done and seeing them be proud that was success for me I was chilling the moment that I knew that my parents could go to sleep feeling like this guy's okay it's such a relief for me as a son now people don't think like that and I don't expect them to do so all the time but Advice for, for, for these youngsters is look after your parents because in a moment they won't be around. You know, I, I, I've done it a few times. I'm sitting in meetings with my colleagues or with clients or whatever and I see somebody's phone ring and it says, Mum. I say, take it. No, no, I'll call her later. I say, trust me, take that. Because there'll be a day where you can't get that phone call. You don't know what that calls for. Wow. I think my wife once said to me, she's like, you know, you never know, you'll never realize the moment that you pick up your child for the last time. You know, you pick up your kids. There'll be a time where it's the last time you pick them up. You don't even know about that. That life goes too quickly. So look after them and cherish them because no matter where you are in your journey, they are the one people that will always have your back. And it comes back down to trust and loyalty and things like that, right? You can't get more trustworthy people than your parents. They don't have to be wealthy. They don't have to be. It's love, that real connection. So, you know, I, and, and work hard. Try to be the best. Don't be average. Don't be slightly better than the bottom of the pack. Just work hard. 
I remember I was once in school and I, I, I embarrassed my dad. I embarrassed him. It was parents' evening and the teacher said, this guy's a genius. Well, he always wants to play the fool. That's a bit of a, was a, bit of a character, <laughs> to say the least. And um, I felt like I embarrassed this guy. You know, My dad is a very well-respected academic and here's my teacher saying he's really intelligent, but he keeps on acting the fool get into fights, get into trouble, get into that. And, you know, I said to myself, I'm never going to embarrass them again. So, you know, youngsters, look after your parents. And we touched on it briefly about um, social media. Obviously, you have, mm. I mean, I, I kind of saw it on a minuscule level. I guess you, you grew up in a time where, you know, you didn't necessarily have the distractions that we have today. Yeah. Um, and you have the perspective of seeing the world before yes. technology and social media. Um, and I think one of the negatives of social media, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because now we have too much information as opposed to not enough information. Yeah. And we don't know which role models to believe in. There's a lot of noise, a lot of mess on social media mm. where you think someone is portraying something that they're not necessarily living. Mm. Um, and it's give a, given us a skewed perspective of what success is. So being someone who has not necessarily always been in front of the cameras, someone who has built his success away from the noise and being very focused in that real business environment, yeah. what would you recommend to anyone starting today? Social media is an awesome tool. It is really important for you to use social media to your advantage. Unfortunately, today we live in a narcissistic society the whole fake it till you make it. How do I pretend that I'm, you know, like the way guys are, the way girls are, the, the way they have to flaunt their lives. Oh, these guys don't have a penny to, you know, they, they're not, but they have to live this invisible lifestyle for people to show that they are something that they're not. And it's that whole act that act actually is what gets them paid. But tomorrow you want to have kids, you want to have a family, you need to start living the real life. But that journey of you being a social media influencer as the new thing, well, you're an influencer today because you're good looking. You're an influencer today because you're showing a bit of leg. You're an influencer today because you've opened up, you know, um, you're driving a nice car. Okay, but... When you give that car back to the guy you borrowed it off, and when you get wrinkles, and when you're no longer attractive, what have you got to show for yourself? And, you know. Who are you as a person? Look, I'm, I'm not going to say that social media is, is, is good or bad. It's, it's, it's definitely needed in society. I think there's an element of you getting hooked on watching people's journeys more than focusing on your own. But that's what they need. Distraction. So you're on YouTube, this guy gets paid for how many subscribers he's got. He needs to keep on spitting out content for you guys to get hooked on to watch him. Okay, but he's made an hour show. You've watched him. You've wasted an hour of your life. He got paid. What did you do? Now, if you learned something, great. But if you're watching some prankster on TV, then... Where's the benefit? You say, okay, well, I was just having a good time. Okay, but you follow 10 of these guys, and each one is half an hour. That's five hours of your day gone. Five hours of your week. Multiply that. 
that's life that you're never getting back. One of my staff said something very profound the other day, um, and she she was like, "Kids today they watch other kids play, mm. whereas we once played." Mm. And I think that speaks volumes because, yeah. like, literally, you know, my niece, you know, and I'm sure your my kids son like, done the same from thing. The moment, they're mm. watching iPads, watching other kids. Yusuf was watching this guy the other day doing a walkthrough of Luigi's Mansion 3. Now, he didn't even have the game. He didn't have an intent. He doesn't have a, you know, he didn't have that. I'm like, why are you watching a guy playing a game? He's like, so I can learn how to play it when I get the game. I said, you ain't getting the game. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? I actually bought him the game <laughs> for him to get, get, get it out of his system. But it's like, where's the fun in watching somebody else's journey? It's almost as if we're not living in reality anymore. And, and what is the meta? That's what it is. Right? Eventually, we're going to be sitting like robots with goggles on, watching other people in a VR world. I don't know, I think about 15 years ago. I can't remember the room, but there was a chat room that was virtual reality that you would create your own bodies and you'd walk around in this chat room and chat to people. And that was like 15 years ago when the internet was on dial-up and stuff and more than 15 years ago. Dial-up was a fun time. You called someone <laughs> and the internet would go off. <laughs> the kids today would yes. never know. <laughs> so, you know, the, the world wants you to get hooked. I think if there's a, there's, a, there's a documentary about Facebook. And Facebook's core objective is how to get you addicted to using their services. Yeah. And for them to know every single thing about you so that they can control you. Okay, but you will control the masses and those masses are controllable as a society how do you change that now you could say well people are going to watch this podcast and we're wasting their time as well and i hope we're not but where do we draw the line on what is useful and what is mm -hmm. useless i think you know for me it's about time how much of your time i've got a really good friend his chill time going to watch Netflix for three hours a day. I'll go crazy. How can you do that? You could have written a book. You could have done some work. You could have done, like, you know, this so TV is just that. there mm. to take your time. And that's why there's so much money in it. Because if you control people, you control the narrative. If you control the narrative, you can get them to do what you want. And I think we've, we've seen an extra shift with COVID and, you know, how our whole behavior changed and, and mm. all of that kind of stuff. Um, but fast forward, I mean, you, you mentioned something earlier in the podcast about grafting. Yeah. And of course, you need the element of luck, but you also need to be on the pitch to be able to score the goal. Um, and you have to put yourself in those positions. Do you think people are lazier nowadays or is it just that they're more distracted? I heard a statistic the other day that the UK is, is one of the most idle nations in the world, mm. um, one of the laziest nations in the world, even especially post-COVID. Uh, um, and it's definitely having an impact on our economy. Yeah. Um, you know, people have now completely changed that the way they operate and, and, you know, how they want to operate and what they're willing to sacrifice. Mm. Do you think people are lazy and do you think that we are get going into a world where there will be less opportunity to have mass success? Yeah, definitely. If you look at the property market today, the new generation, the millennials, 
or Generation X, Z, or whatever you want to call them. The millennials are going to find it very, or have found it very difficult to get on the ladder. They need to rely on the bank of mum and dad. These guys having to rely on handouts from their parents to in order to be successful. And that is only getting worse. The gap, and that's not their fault, that's just product of the economy and, and, and the way things are going. But I can tell you that we've struggled to hire people recently because this guy says, well, I was looking for a working from home job. We are human beings, we are animals that thrive on social interaction. What are you going to do sitting at home? Like it really winds me up when I meet these people and they interview them and say, oh, well, so how many days can I work from home? None. It doesn't work that way. And there are people that have actually turned down the opportunity to work with us because they just want to work from home. There are people, now don't get me wrong, there are days where I'm productive. I'll be in the, the gym or at home or wherever and I'll, I'll work more productive. But you need to feed off people, whether it's getting ideas, whether it's learning from other people's mistakes, whether it's just human interaction. Whilst the pandemic taught us how to restart things, that group of people that want to work from home is lazy people that don't want to work. They want to get paid for doing nothing. And there is that market. So, 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 so this market of, of, of people, millennials, I think, you know, I could say from the employees and the people that I work with here across my businesses, I think definitely people in my generation are a lot more dedicated to the working lifestyle than, you know, the, the, the under 30s. Um, and I'm, I'm worried about the under 20s and what this is going to be like for them. But saying that, you know, life is changing. Um, when somebody says working from home, I, I'm not a fan of it, but it, it has some value. But I do genuinely believe that human beings need to be together. You know, there is a, you know, families are created with humans together. Um, businesses are created with people being together. There's only so much that you can do independently. Definitely. Yeah. And from your journey, obviously, you've been through business, multiple businesses yeah. over several years. Off the top of your head, what was the hardest challenge you went through? And how did you get through to the other side? I think I've had loads of challenges. I mean, we, you have challenges every they're day. They're all relative, business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're it's, relative to the moment. It's all relative. But coming from, you know, not coming from a silver spoon and having to work to a certain extent of, you know, getting to a certain place where you could then build off a place of leverage. Yeah. You must have had maybe hardships along the way that really taught you character. To be honest with you, um, there have been certain months in this journey where we didn't even know if we were going to pay salaries on time. There were periods where, you know, cash flow, especially in construction, cash flow is so horrible. Um, we don't know if we're going to get paid from, you know, a job on time. Were we going to finish a job on time? Do we have new projects coming in? And we'd had so many of those opportunities. And, and, and to be honest with you, the, the industry is so volatile that there could be any moment we lose a contract or a client goes bust we're stuck we can't get paid and the margins are so thin that you've got to be so careful um i, I but to be honest with you, that kind of stuff doesn't phase me just yesterday actually my wife and i were talking she's like you know 
She was stressing about something, and it's such a minor to me. Um, and I, I actually don't get stressed by stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me. Because you're going to get worked up about things. What's the point? The only person, when you get worked up, the only person that suffers is you. So you just take things in its stride. And, um, Were you always like that though? Or, or did that realisation come once you had a bit of leverage to be able to... No, 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 no. no. You have to be uh, very strong-willed and strong-minded. And, and, and I wouldn't say mature being the right word, but you just got to be calm and collective. And that's something I think I've been quite good at my whole life is I'm, I know how to pick the right moments of when to get mad. And, you know, people used to call me Marmite. You know, you either love me or hate me. And the reason for that is because I know how to press your buttons and I know how to control you and get a reaction from you. And that's a really powerful tool. But I just think to myself, well, what's the worst that could happen? I'm not going to die. Okay. But at the same time, business is like a marathon, right? You're, you're in it for the yeah. long term. I mean, when you're in it for the right reasons, you're in it for the long term. And you're taking punches left, right, center. I try to give this example to people that, mm. you know, from the outside, it looks amazing that you're an entrepreneur and yeah. you've got a business and you're fulfilling your purpose and all these kind of benefits that come from it. But at the same time, on a day-to-day -day basis, you're taking wins and you're taking losses. And to be able to even withstand that pressure is why I, I would say a lot of entrepreneurs make it to the other side. The ones that don't are mm. the ones that give up because of that hardship. And it's not actually the complexity of a business or the, you know, your IQ levels mm. or, you know, what no, you can no. bring to the table or are you the smartest person in the room? A lot of people have that misconception that it's those things that matter the most. But in reality, it's more the emotional uh, roller coaster yeah. of being able to lead this ship yeah. and being able to see your staff and put a smile on your face when you know you can't make mm. payroll. I think those are the, the biggest skills that allow you to, to get to the other side. I get really annoyed when I have colleagues that say to me, oh, I'm really stressed. What are you stressed for? You're an employee. What are you going to be stressed about? You're getting paid at the end of the month. You go home at five o'clock. What's, what's stressful? I run a number of vehicles, a number of ventures. And I just think, well, if you can control yourself emotionally, you're all right. This whole, oh, you know, I got stressed at work. Explain to me why you were stressed at work. Is it because you were running the business? Is it because... You're not going to, you know, it, what is there for you to be stressed about? If you, can't, if you can't perform, then you shouldn't be there. If you can't graft, then get out. If you want to be bottom of the pile and you've got an ambitious person that's trying to lead this business, then go somewhere else. Don't say I'm stressed. What do you like? I, you know, I've, I've heard it before. Someone says I'm stressed. I think it's a safe word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it almost makes you, makes you feel better. I think that's another thing, like the, the country figured out, like, how do we create new jobs for people? Let's get mental therapists and cause stress at work and all of that. Okay, but what about the people that own these businesses and the people that have to go through the real headache? You know, managing people, HR, oh, it's worse, <laughs> worse thing. But you just take things in your stride, man. Genuinely, like, I keep on bringing it back down to life. The journey of life is so short, you know. When you hit 50, 60, 70, you know, you can think, well, where did life go? 
I'm at 40 and I'm saying to you, where has life gone? When you're a kid, you're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 18, I'm going to start driving. Okay, then you start driving. Then you bought a house. Then you got married. Then, But how much of that substance did you absorb and appreciate and value and have that gratitude? Everything else is just side, you know, it's just sideway movements. But the real fundamental moments of life, bro, you know, people say you're successful, you're an entrepreneur, you have business, you have this, you have that, and whatever. How do you define success? Or is happiness. It, is, it, is, it, is it how many likes you get on a post? Is it how many followers you have on Instagram? Is it how silly your TikTok video was? Is it, you know, how big is your bank balance? Or is it what you have at home? I've got, I'm super successful. I am the richest man in the world. Genuinely. I am the richest man in the world because what I have at home is priceless. And I don't know how many people think about that. How many people take that moment to think, you know what? Yeah, I might have had an argument with my wife today, but she's been by my side. My son today won an award for being the best reader in his school. He's eight years old. You know, he beat 13-year-olds. That's, that's success. That's pride. That's, that's the, the moments in, in life that we should celebrate and be happy for and appreciate. Not, you know, did you see this guy is driving a Lambo? This guy is opening a new cafe and a restaurant. This guy's got this many followers on Facebook. Well, so what? But again, playing devil's advocate, being on the other side, when you don't know what that reality is like you know they always say the grass is greener yeah like people that don't have maybe the the resources that you have maybe for them it you know their ultimate goal is to be successful yeah and what, so, what is so success their success is financial mm-hmm. because they because they have a lack of finances their you know ideal scenario is the opposite of the situation that they're currently going through yeah um so you know I think sometimes when you, I mean, you've obviously come, you've built your own journey, right? Yeah. You've, you've gone through this path. But I think a lot of people on the other side, especially when they're going through it, they f- sometimes find it patronizing when successful individuals say, oh, yeah, but, you know, money doesn't matter. But they, it's the reality because they've actually gone through the hurdles and they've realized that, oh, I've actually got the money now and it, it didn't actually make me happy. I still need to think about it every single month how I'm going to pay my bills. It's like more money, more problems. All day long. The problem, that's, it's, it's fact. Right? Because I'm not cash rich. I'm asset rich. I invest all my money in properties. Why not? If it was in my bank account, and you'll, you'll know this, whether it's £100 or £100,000, you keep that money in there and you'll just see it goes. Where's it going? I haven't got a clue. You spend a fiver here, you spend a tenner here, you go out there that... What did I do with my money? So whether you have 10 pounds or 100,000 pounds, it diminishes quickly over time. And the more money you have, the quicker it will diminish. Put it into property. Do something useful with it. So do you think being, uh, you don't think liquidity is important? Yeah, you need a certain amount of liquidity, definitely. You need that rainy day. Um, but aside from that? Aside from that, there's only so much you can live on. Like, if you think about people's life depending on the lifestyle you want to live how much money do you need per month to live 
people to be comfortable. automatically speak about the million number, but they don't even know. They probably, they might. You don't need a million. Yeah, yeah, you don't need it. Like, you don't need 50 grand is enough for you to have a comfortable life as a married man with kids, with a mortgage, with a car, with a. How much do you need? Any more than that means you might get a better lifestyle. But what is that better lifestyle if you don't have the family around you to share it with? So these guys who are thinking about this success of theirs and they're thinking about, you know, I'm successful because I'm making money on social media. Okay, but you've got nobody at home to share it with. Your family are people that you don't even know. They're just watching you and giving you likes. You've got nobody at home to celebrate that win with. How many families have broken down because of people's obsession with social media? How many families have disappeared because this guy thought it was more cool to spend more time late nights out with his mates partying because this guy he's hanging around with is the new cool kid on the block? I've seen them. Your real success and value is at home. People do not appreciate what they're given, that blessing of life. Yesterday, I, um, I was in the shop and um, I came across a, a lady who I've seen her before. I've seen her in the area and she was with her daughter. And it turned out her daughter is deaf and the mother was also deaf. Wow. And the girl had, uh, she was wearing leggings, not like a, whatever they call them, jeggings, leggings. Um, and she had a hole in them, a big hole. And I almost cried. I was sitting in a meeting with a, a really wonderful man and I was sitting in the cafe and I almost cried. I was like, I'm sitting here talking to this guy about multi-million pound deals and literally one meter away is a deaf girl with her deaf mother with clothes that are torn and got... And they're in my environment, in my little universe that I'm operating in. I said to my staff, I said, listen, go and make them some dinner, cook them, tell them that they come here and they can have their dinner here and stuff. And I just thought, what, 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 what made me even more proud though, is 10 minutes later, as I'm sitting down and they were very grateful, is another Muslim family came in and it's, I think they were locals in the area. And that Muslim family also knew of her and they were spoke, speaking to her and trying to support her and things. And I said to my friend that I was meeting, I said, that's what I love about Islam. That's what I love about this religion is that one of the ultimate things that we have is the idea of giving. That sadaqah, that, that, that charity to be charitable and give back to those people. You never know. You don't know that how important that element of giving is that you could change somebody's life overnight. The line between success and failure is so thin as well. Yeah, yeah. Every day we reach that line. Every day we're on a tipping scale. We, what do you know? When is your journey going to, you know, like I said to you, whether your client goes bus, you go bus, you get hit by a bus, whatever happens, it could just happen like that. That success and failure can be so thin. What do you have in the middle? The journey. Enjoy every moment. So you, I mean, we can't even really go into detail about how, you know, all your individual ventures, because there's so many. Um, one of them that was, you know, really intriguing to me when I first met you was Scrap.
mm. because uh, you know the fact that with Bayou, obviously you it was an existing industry which you know you put your own mark on it your yeah. own level of excellence your own level of service but scrap was a completely innovative idea that you kind of uh, you know put birth to yeah. um, so let's talk about that business a little bit um, and also some of the challenges that you've had and the complexities of, of, of starting a business like scrap versus a traditional cafe or a bayou for yeah. example so scrap is a, is a, is a tech startup and we're living in the world of tech today. So as, uh, as our construction business was starting to grow and develop, um, my partner Hussein and I, you know, we were struggling with finding suppliers in the skip and waste sector. So I said, well, imagine if there was like an Uber for a skip. And he's like, yeah, that would be cool. So I said, so let's do one. And we teamed up with, again, it's all about journeys, right? We teamed up with uh, our other partner, Ahmed, who is a friend of mine from uni. I know him. I know his style. Um, he had a software company in uh, Pakistan. And I said, listen, you know, he's always one of the reasons to move back to the UK. Come down. I've got a great opportunity. I want you to be part of it. I want you to run this operation for me because I can't be everywhere. Right. So again, it comes down to the beauty of business. How can you grow it if you can't, you know, there's only X amount of hours in the day for me. So I need to leverage my relationships. And, and, and I brought Ahmed into the fold and I said, listen, this is where we need you. Um, are you interested? And Scrap done really well. Um, the team have grafted. The, we've raised money from, from investors to, to help take it to, to, to a level whereby, you know, this tech space can explode massively. Um, and there are loads of successes, even more failures. Um, but Scrap has been a, a great product that was created from a today problem that we had. And we tried to digitize it and we tried to disrupt. And it's a struggle because construction is one of those industries that, you know, it's uh, not Old the school. most, yeah, it's, it's not the most sophisticated people. They're not very tech friendly. They're not tech savvy. But as the younger generation gets more involved in technology and smartphones and things like that we're getting better and better adoption and actually you know touching on that we're having a big problem in construction today whereas <clears throat> this every year the number of people enrolling in construction courses get lower and lower whereas the number of people that are getting involved in more technology or computer-based stuff is getting higher and higher so which only paves the way actually it's ultimately what's going to happen is robots are going to be building houses and people are going to be building the robots mm. um, until you get the robots building the robots. But, you know, technology is, is a great tool. Um, the plan for Scrap is to take it international, to scale it up global um, and see where, where it happens, whether we exit to another competitor, whether we sell it on a, on a stock exchange. Um, I think it's important in every sign of business for people is what is your exit? People think about so much about how they're going to start it, run it, whatever. I always think about the exit. And it's really important for you to think about the exit because that can help pave your way to go forwards and clarity. Um, and it gives you the ultimate target at the end is what's my end goal? A couple of points based on that. I mean, my, my mind was going crazy when you were talking because I think a lot of people have the perspective that they should maintain 100% control 
of a business, right? It, it sounds good from mm. an outside perspective. That like, oh, I own 100% of my company. Along your journey, you thanked a lot of people. Uh, you know, yeah. part of them being your partners, um, investors, and in other businesses. Yeah. So, in layman's terms, why would anyone reduce their equity or sell equity? Yeah. To have less control. Well, I and, think. And, and why? And why would? And what are the differences? Because I, I've also seen that. You know the journey that you go through with investors you know you have to be more accountable correct um you know you have to deliver what you're saying you know you're going to have difficult boardroom conversations mm. versus you know maybe having 100 percent control but you're never yeah. going to reach the you know the level that you yeah. want so just for in a in kind of layman's terms just if you could talk about that that would be great i can't run every business by myself i'm very ambitious i got loads of ideas i can't do them all so if i didn't have people around me who were able to take away some of the heat and the pain, we wouldn't be able to where we are today. Um, and it depends on, again, it comes down to exit, right? So in Butte, I've got two partners. I started with one, um, but one of, my, one, of my, one of my staff has performed so well in my journey, I've gave him some equity of the business as a reward for all your graft. Now, in Scrap, where we've got multiple investors and partners, some people are investors for the sake that, look, we know Marwan, Hussein, they're, they're good for it, they've built a business, they've grown it, we've sold them a great story, they're looking to get multiple on their investment and see you later. They're not interested in running the business whatsoever. They're looking at pure investment play. And then there are some other partners or investors who say, no, nah, we want to have a bit of a say here. We want to give you some advice. We want to teach you. We want to guide you. We want to, and with those ones, obviously, you have to have a calculated risk to say, well, how much equity am I willing to give away before I lose control of the room? That's very important, because if you lose control of the room, unless you're losing it to somebody who's super special, then when you lose your voice, you can't drive, and um, that's. A struggle that some people have but then there's another school of thought right so you want to exit a build a business and would you rather have a five percent share of a billion dollar business or have a hundred percent of nothing so you can look at it in different ways I'm of the view is I'd much rather be able to put together um, a pathway for a business to be successful and put that, that the blueprint there try to execute and be able to share in the success rather than saying, oh no, this is Marwan's house and here's my name on the door. I'm not interested in the fame. I'm interested in the journey because that's what excites me. The fame, you leave that for somebody to create a Wikipedia page later. But the, 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 the journey is what you're living that day in, day out, that journey. Whereas the exit, whether how much you own or how much you don't own, it's kind of secondary to me. It's not to everybody and there's no right or wrong way. But each person needs to think of, take, uh, take The Apprentice and Lord Sugar's methodology. He invests money and he gets a 50% share of a business. Do you think he does any work in those businesses? No. He's leveraging other people's time, energy and expertise. And that's sometimes when you look at partnerships is, okay, well, I'll bring the money. You bring your time. My money will offset against your time and we share the profits. Now, whether you want to do 50-50, 70-30, whatever, that's how you, you know, cut the cake. But I, I, I believe 
you know, I, I'd recently invested in a in an F&B business, and I had other invest like friends, partners, investors that said to me, "Oh, I want a, I want a piece of this. Can I come in and invest with you?" And I'm like, "Well, not really, because I'm not going to run it day to day. I'm going to hire somebody to do that. Money I've got. What are you bringing to the table? You're going to tell me more money? Doesn't need it." going to give me time you don't have time so why would I give equity away from something that you're not going to bring real value at whereas another business I might need the money I might need that little bit of time and it just depends on what works best for the the venture Moran I could sit here all day um, and converse with you and I think definitely a part two on the table um, because like I said there's so many ventures that we couldn't mm. we didn't have the time to go into detail about everything but I hope everyone, uh, you know, really benefited from this. I definitely did. Um, final point. What do you define happiness as, as? You know, aside from the family element, I mean, you, but you're in a place now where you don't need to wake up every morning and mm -hmm. go to the office, mm -hmm. but you still choose to. You have that discipline, you have that desire, you have that motivation, even though the end goal you don't necessarily mm -hmm. know. So what does happiness mean to you? Are you happy right now? Mm. And what what does the future look like for you? <sighs> happiness. <laughs> so relative, right? You could be happy at work. You could be happy at home. You could be happy after a meal. Food always gets me, actually. Um, but I'm very content. And I always come back to gratitude and appreciation and what you have and stuff. And what role does success have to play on that, though? Because they often say the absence of money brings unhappiness, but ha money doesn't necessarily bring happiness. Money definitely doesn't bring happiness. I'll tell you that, for, hands down. And I'm not saying that because you have it or you don't have it. I'm telling you 100%, more money is more problems. But the real movers and shakers are prepared to deal with those problems. But... In terms of happiness, you know, am I happy? I'm incredibly happy. I'm very lucky. Um, I have the opportunity to pick when I want to go on holiday, where I want to go, where I want to eat, who I want to talk to, who I want to call, what I want to do with my life. I'm very much in control um, of, of, of my time. And I, I want to be very choosy on, you know, I don't have freedom because, uh, again, I put it down to death and the end of the journey. I don't know where I am in five minutes, but I, in, in this space right now, I have the freedom to be able to do almost whatever I want to. Does it give me f happiness to be able to say that? No. It, go it gives me happiness to be able to go home to a warm family with lots of love, laughter, tears, fun. You know, I'm, I'm very happy that I, you know, I live a few doors away from my brother and my sister. I'm very happy that I bring a lot of success to people in, in, in their jobs, in their career. I'm very happy that I get to drive across London. I can see my projects and my developments. Those are great wins. Those are great, great wins. And it gives me that sense of joy and, and satisfaction. But I'm also very lucky and very pleased to be able to choose. If I don't want to work with you, I'm not going to work with you. If I don't like you, we won't be talking. If I don't, you know, I, I've been given that freedom to be able to pick and choose who I want to have in my life. And I've got a very tiny network of friends, two, if that, that I speak to regularly. And that for me, 
I'm okay with it. I don't need to have a hundred friends. I don't need to have a great social life because I'm happy doing what I do. So does success bring happiness? There's an element of that. I think happiness brings success more than success bringing happiness. Do you think the picture of success is um, a lie? Because me and you know that in any business, whether you have the freedom or not, you choose to be back at the office the next Correct. day because you love it. And that, that real love is what got you there anyway and the sacrifices that you made before the success you know, allowed you to, to have that consistency. Like I always say, Ronaldo didn't get you know, bored when he won the Champions League. He kept going and he, he started the season again and he, and he wanted mm. to, to achieve greatness. Whereas the picture of success is sitting on a beach in Dubai, on a yacht all day long, all year round, with you know, a ton of girls around you. Honestly, I, I never understand that life. It's empty, right? I mean, that, that, uh, that's the reality is that I there is no fulfillment that, that lies there. It's almost just a, a picture that people sell for their own self-benefit. I'm, I'm pretty confident to say that if you were to look at the top 50 richest people in the world, you couldn't find a picture of them in what you just described. They're about their journeys. They keep simple. They get on with life. They're humble. These people that you see advertising their life on the internet, they're going to ask me for a job one day. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, you're right. And um, I just think, you know, just keep it real, keep it simple. Do you need to drive a flash car? Do you need to, you know... It's all about longevity. Yeah. As opposed like, to a short run. What is, what is the happiness? You know, I don't think anybody can answer that. I don't think... I could tell you There's I'm very one, happy. Yeah, one defining one. I am very happy. What makes me happy is a multiple factors. What might make you happy is something completely different. Maybe happiness is a, is a mindset of actually saying you're happy. Whereas most people, they're, they're very negative. You know, yes. even the UK is a very half glass empty country where, you know, you say, you ask someone, how are they? They say, not, not too bad. You know, I'm not doing good, but I'm, I'm not too bad. Mm. You know, I'm all right. Uh, I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's almost that kind of. Well, and, and, and the problem side. I have is I've, I, People might find it patronizing, but I say, well, life's great. Give positivity to others. My life is amazing. People are like, nah, oh, Marwan's doing really about well, right? He's really happy. What have I got to be sad about? I've got legs, I've got <laughs> arms, I've got health, I've got, you know, I'm alive. So be happy to be alive. Be happy to be able to walk, you know. One thing I always say to my colleagues is, Whatever your problems are, they're somebody else's dreams. No matter how much of a crappy day you're having, somebody would dream to have your life. So be grateful. Be happy for it. What you've got is... Yeah. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, I know it's a busy schedule, um, but I, I definitely know for a fact that everyone's going to love this episode. Um, any final mes messages or words that you'd like to leave? No, I just, you know, I, I, I just think it's really important um, for you as a business, for you as a platform, um, influence, don't be influenced, S be steadfast in your journey and be humble, um, don't need to live this pretend lifestyle for anybody. And, 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 you know, really more importantly is, you know, look after your parents. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that. Be sure to subscribe and we'll see you soon.